welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I, uh, I got to share something um, and just kind of a continuation on our, our time of reflection. Um, uh, we, we get to hang out with a, a group called Disciple Nations, and one of the guys in that um, uh, had, uh, they, they were praying for, you know, what God is doing in this new year. We get together, and, and there's pockets of prayer all over, but they were praying, and one of the guys really just felt like the Lord had kind of burned this kind of imprint vision in, in, in his head as he was praying. He saw 2019 on fire, Right? And then he saw 2020 that was green. And, uh, and so he sent it out. He goes, I don't, I don't know what the Lord is doing with this, but we, we believe, obviously, that God speaks to us. Obviously, Scripture says there's an audible speaking that God does. It's, he speaks to us more than often through his word. You're reading the word, and something jumps out at your heart. But all through Scripture, it talks about how God speaks to us in visions and dreams as well. And, and I believe that. I mean, I, I, to the fullest extent, I believe that if we were quiet and still in our hearts, man, that God wants to speak to us in many different ways. But for him, he just got this burned into his mind. 2019 on fire and he saw it 2009 he sent us a picture 2019 it was on fire 2020 was green and and so as we were praying through that and, and different people were praying through that for him um, really what, what it came down to was that really felt like God was going to do a purifying work in 2019. And then from that purifying work, what comes up? Green pastures, right? And if you've ever been out like and, and, and saw them burn off the Flint Hills or whatever, they do that for a reason. They burn off all the old and all the old grass and all the chafe and all that stuff. They burn it off so that something much better comes up. But when you look out and you see all of the Flint Hills that have been burned, all you see is like this charred black and it's just it's it just and for a moment it just looks kind of ugly right but what happens is that then the sun shines down and that that black soot absorbs it and the green starts to come up from that and so you know just even today I was thinking about that as we were praying through this I didn't even have that written down but as we come up to the cross and we're purifying ourselves and we're going God here's here's sin in my life here's things that are entangling my life here's things that that I know that I cannot carry into 2019 man God is doing a purifying work amen but it's a burning process. Because some of you guys, you're not gonna wanna let go of these things. You're gonna go, I did that, but I, if I could go get it, I would grab it back, right? There's, it's not gonna be easy. It's a purifying. There's a burning that's happening in our lives. But in that burning process, purity is coming out. And we know what scripture says, that without holiness, what? No one will see the Lord. And so we're going after the purity of God. God, we want you to purify us, knowing that we're sinners, knowing that we mess up. We want you to purify us so that we can see more of you. Amen, church? Amen. That is not the message, but it should be. All right. So... Um, we, we now, we've talked about this identity now of going, okay, we're going to lay those things down so we don't have to revisit those things. How do we spring forward now? How do we go forward now into the things that God wants for us without looking back? And, and this is a big deal in scripture. All through scripture, it talks about us being a forward-looking people, not, don't look back. You know, you can read in the Old Testament and the Israelites, they're constantly going, I wish we could just go back. I wish we could just go back. There's this constant sin that nagged their life about somewhat, for whatever reason, going back to the old ways, going back to the old things in their life. And yet in the New Testament, it talks about looking forward, seeing God in the forward, looking forward to what God is doing. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 19. 
Um, starting with verse 15 through 17, and we're going to read a few various uh, verses in this. And it's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. How many of you guys are familiar with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? Um, we, we tell it to little kids and things, right? And, and so uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and then Lot and his family. And um, sometimes I think when we read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, we see this place, and it was. It was evil. It was detestable in the eyes of the Lord. It was a really wretched place. But if we were looking at Sodom and Gomorrah through the eyes of Lot and his family, it was their home. It was the place that they called home. It was the place where they, they did their work. It was where friends lived and relatives lived. It was, it was their livelihood. It was this place where they had made lots of memories. And so we get to see Sodom and Gomorrah on our side over here and look at it as just this detestable, wretched, sin-filled, lust-filled place. But for Lot and his family, they saw something a, a little bit different, that this was actually their home. And so we start with verse 15, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 19, verse 15, and it says this, with the coming of the dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here or you will be swept away when the city is punished. So if you don't know the backstory, Sodom and Gomorrah was, Sodom and Gomorrah was just wretched in sin. Their biggest sin was sexual immorality. They were, things were just rampant, man, just rampant. And, and so God says he looked down on it and he's like, I gotta destroy it. That's just evil. Just pure evil is flowing through there. And so he saw Lot though, and he saw his family and he says, but they're righteous. They're righteous. And so he sends these angels to visit Lot and his family and says, look, I'm going to let you walk. I'm going to let you get out. I'm going to let you get away from the city before I rain down punishment um, because of this city's wickedness. And so um, he tells them, take your wife, your two daughters who are here, or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. Verse 16, when he hesitated, because there was a hesitation in Lot, he didn't just go, oh, okay, let me pack my stuff and go. There was a hesitation. He's like, well, hang on. I mean, we've got family. We, we've got friends. This is our livelihood. This is our home. When he hesitated, it says the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was merciful to them. Now understand something. He was hesitating because something in his heart was going, I just don't know if we can leave. Like everything we've built is here. Everything we've put our stock in is here. And so they grabbed Lot's hand and they pulled him out of the city because of God's mercy on Lot and his family. But look at this. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. Everybody say, don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. And then we hit verse 26 and the story that we all know. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. We're familiar with this story. If you grew up in church, you've probably read this before. But to me, that's kind of brutal. Do I hear an amen to that? Like if I'm Lot, I'm not super happy that my wife is salt now. I'm just saying. Like that, that does not make me happy. And we're not talking like salt, like shakers. We're talking about like a bomb going off and it was such destruction that, that you turn into pillars of sulfur just in a moment. And, and this is her whole cameo in scripture. She doesn't get anything else. It, it never said Watt's wife was a woman of integrity. Watt, Lot's wife was a, a woman of faith. It just, this is her whole thing. She looked back. 
This is how she made scripture. She looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So forever in her life, Lot's wife, and that's why they call her Lot's wife, is this woman who's just gonna be known as a woman who looked back and the results were not very good. And I think for us today, it's really a lesson of why God calls us to fix our eyes on him. So in Hebrews, when it talks about how we're supposed to let go of the things that are entangled, it says, how do we do this? By keeping our eyes fixed on him. It's the same thing here, that if we fix our eyes on him for, 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 for all intensive purposes, then we're not going to look back on the things that so easily entangle us that were behind us. You see, for Lot's wife, her attachments in life, the things that she had attached herself to were not in front of her with Jesus. They were behind her and what she had left behind. And here's the thing. God is rescuing them from this imminent doom, showing his faithfulness as he always does, and she's caught up in her past. God is trying to catapult them into a new, catapult them into a future, catapult them into a hope, and she's caught up in her past. Maybe there was something that she didn't finish that was left behind. Maybe there were things that, that, that she felt like weren't worth leaving back here. We don't know what was going on in her heart. We don't get to see that. All we know is that they, they, they heard what the angel said. They saw the instruction of the Lord. They heard the devastation happening. Everybody else in the family kept looking forward. God said, look forward. God said, look forward. God said, look forward. He's going to be merciful. And yet something in her heart stirred her to go, what's happening back there? You see, I don't think that there's many of us in this room that are far away from Lot's wife. There's a lot of times where God is saying, look forward, look forward, look forward, and we spend most of our time looking back, amen? Looking back and seeing what that could cost us. And I get that there are times in scripture where we need to look back and, and see where God moved. It talks about like setting up Ebenezer's and things like, what has God done? Look back and see what God has done. See where he's been faithful. But let me tell you something, church, today. Looking back sometimes helps us put things in the right perspective, and that's good. But if we get stuck at looking back all the time, there can be good and bad things with that. Wishing things were the way that they used to be. Wishing things had turned out differently. Wishing we wouldn't have done this or that in life. We can get stuck looking back and not see what God has in front of us. Every New Year's, this comes up in my life. Every time New Year's comes up in my life, I get caught looking back going, man, I wish I would have done that differently. I wish I would have said that differently. I wish I would have built that relationship differently. I wish, I, anybody, anybody say I wish I would have? Because we're looking back I think every New Year's this comes up for me, man. I'm always caught being this kind of a person. I meet so many people in life who go, man, I just wish I was the person that I was 10 years ago. I just wish I hadn't been this kind of person 10 years ago. Like, there's sometimes where we wish we were back there, and there are sometimes where we're going, man, I wish I hadn't been like that. You see, both of these mentalities keep us stuck in the past, and God's promises are for our future. We know this, Jeremiah 29, 11. He literally promises, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a, everybody say it, future. He doesn't say anything about the past. He, your past is done with. He doesn't say anything about, I, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a past. That's ludicrous. But yet you and I can spend so much of our time looking back on our past, wishing we had done this better, wishing we had said this thing, wishing we had, wishing we had, wishing we had, whatever it is until eventually we drag our feet and we stay in the past. You see, Lot's wife, she was offered hope and a future. 
and it didn't, and, and, and she didn't take it. She, she was paralyzed essentially by her indecision in life. Do, do I let the past you know, press on me where I look back or do I press on in the future? God gave her warnings, don't look back. But sometimes failure or successes can keep us looking back. There's a familiar scripture verse that we all know. It used to kind of be my, my life verse and, and it still is in some ways. Philippians chapter three. And I'm not gonna start with verse 12, but I'm gonna start with verse 13. And it says, forgetting what is behind and straining, everybody say straining, towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Listen, I want you to hear this because it's so important in the life of the church. I press on to win the goal I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The only way that we can press on forward is forgetting what is behind, but the word straining always jumps out to me. I think I've talked about this in here a thousand times. That word straining means that it's not going to be easy. And I'm going to tell you this in here today because I think it's, it's, it's really important as you get ready to enter into your new year. It's going to be a strain not to run back and grab sins that are pleasurable. It's going to be a strain on you to let go of the things that so easily entangle you. It's going to be a strain in your life. It's not going to be easy. That's why you're straining to look ahead. That's why Lot's wife is straining to look ahead, only she didn't strain to look ahead for too long because she ended up turning around. That's why Lot hesitated when the angel said, leave the city now, and had to grab his hand and pull him out of it. Because there's something that dwells inside of it that says, but I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable in my sin. I'm comfortable in my failures. I'm comfortable in my fears. And yet scripture says, man, let go of those things and strain for the goal to win the prize. Listen to what Paul is saying here. I believe mature Christianity does not focus on the past, but fixes our eyes on what lies ahead in Jesus. There's a difference between immaturity in Christ and maturity in Christ. As we become mature in Christ, we realize, look, the past is the past, and I'm just going to fix my eyes. I can't fix what yesterday was. I can't fix what a year was, but I can do this. I can focus on what God has ahead of me. It's a difference inside of us. I know that it's not baseball season yet. Okay, but I, I run into these kids, which just fascinates me, that are all telling me they're starting their indoor practice for baseball season, which is insane to me, right? And, and so, but my kids, they, they, they play in the summertime, and when they play, I, I basically give them the fatherly speech on baseball. I tell, tell them two things. Watch the ball when they're batting. Watch the ball. Keep your eye on the ball, and then after you hit, watch your coach, those are the two things that I typically tell them all the time. Watch the ball when you're batting, and as soon as you make your hit, you keep your eye on the coach. And here's why. Because we have a tendency in our life that once we make the hit, what do we do? We like to watch that ball, right? We like to admire where we hit it at. And I see this so many times. I, I, I was my son, Trace, who played a machine pitch last year. I saw this all the time. These kids would get up there, you know, six, seven, eight-year-olds would get up there, and they'd hit the ball, and instead of running to first base, watching the coach saying, come here, come here, come here, they would watch the ball, and they'd be just like, look at that hit. Wasn't that awesome? 
And we're sitting in this parents going, run, 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 right? And, and, and so there's something to be said about when we make the hit and then we don't look to first base. What good is it if you make a great hit and you watch it the whole time as you turn around and see where it goes when you're not keeping your eye on the prize and the eye on the prize is first base. If you don't get to first base, you're out anyways. Amen, church. It's the same thing in our life with Christ. Keeping our eyes on something in the past is going to slow you down. And at the end of the day, if you don't make it to first base, it didn't matter what kind of hit you had. It doesn't matter how good the hit is or wasn't if you stare at it and you admire it. What you did is you're going to get yourself out. You're not going to make it to the prize that you tried to get to. Dwelling on the past, dwelling on the past is going to become a stumbling block for you and I. When you're a base runner, you don't look around and you certainly don't look back. You run as hard as you can looking at what's in front of you, setting your sights on the coach who's waving you in, trusting in him that he will get you where you need to go. This is the whole concept of why we set our eyes on the sights of Christ. We're not looking at what the world is telling us. We're saying, Jesus, are you waving me in? And I promise you this, the more that we get in tune with letting go of the things that easily entangle us, and the more that we get in tune of keeping ourselves, our sights on Christ, the more you're going to see God waving you in or holding you up. Do I hear an amen? And this is what I'm praying for for 2019. This is what my heart burns for, is that we would be a church that knows, man, when God is going, come, come, come. No, 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 stay there, stay there, stay there that we would know and be in tune with what it is that the Lord wants to do. In Psalm 90, verse 12, the psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is really what my, my, my heart, my prayer is for us as we enter into 2019, that we would know that our days are numbered. That we, we, we are, we're not gonna live forever, at least here on planet Earth. Our days are numbered, but... In saying that, look what he, uh, the, the psalmist says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom so that each day that we know, man, is just a, a breath of life here one day, gone the next, that each day God would give us wisdom on how to live that out and that we wouldn't be stuck in the past, that God has something much glorious, more glorious for us in the future. And so how do we do that? I wrote three things down that I want to show you. Can you pull those things up? 2019, our new year goal is to look forward. And how do we do that? Number one, we reevaluate your life. What's driving you? Like, what is, is your past driving you? Is your failures driving you? Is your sin been driving you? Like, what's driving you? Reevaluate your life. That's the first thing. That's why I wanted to start with that this morning. I wanted you to literally write down things that were beginning to drive you in, in your life. And it could be sin or shame or guilt or fears or whatever it was that is entangling you. But reevaluate that. Number two, rearrange it. Once you reevaluate, you rearrange it. Your patterns and your habits need to be rearranged to reflect your, to reflect that your eyes are on Jesus, to reflect that your eyes are on Jesus. And so rearrange it. So if, if my eyes are on the things of the world, I need to rearrange that. If my eyes are on the things of the past, I need to rearrange that. I need to get my focus back on what my focus needs to be on. And then number three is simply this, renew. Renew your commitment to doing those things that bring you near to Jesus. There's a scripture we talk about all the time in here in, in, in the book of Revelation 
And in the book of Revelation, it says, man, all these things, he's talking to one of the churches, and, and, and when, he's, when he's talking to the seven churches, one of the churches, he says, man, all these things, you did great, awesome job, wonderful. He says, this one thing I hold against you, go back and do the things that you did at first. Go back to your first love. And, and, and I think when I, when, when writing that down, renew, renew your commitment to doing those things that bring you nearer to Jesus. Let me just stop and ask you for, for a moment, especially if you've been on this track with Jesus for quite a while. Do you ever stop and realize that the way that you used to be when you first fell in love with the Lord, when you first encountered him, man, you couldn't get enough of his word, you couldn't spend enough time in prayer, man, you, you loved fellowship. Do you notice that sometimes the more and more that we grow in Christ, sometimes those things become less and less? And yet sometimes what we simply just have to do is renew our commitment. God, I want that love affair when I open the word like it just jumps out like it used to. I want that prayer life that when I was just in the bottom of despair and, and I called out and you saved me and I realized that I had somebody with me all of the time, like going back to those things and renewing that. And so in this 2019, that reevaluate, rearrange, renew that commitment to Christ. I think it's gonna be so important for us as we go into this new year. And then something I shared a couple years ago that um, every year this comes, I, this has become a part of what I do on, on, on New Year's when it comes up is you gotta make peace with last year. <laughs> make peace with the years that have passed. Um, and, 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 and this is, this is some, some things that really is difficult for people because there's some things that were hurtful of this last year for some of you. There was loss of, of family members. And, and so you don't want to look at 2018 as the year of destruction, but you want to look at that 2018 as the year of God building you. And so for some of us in this room, I think we need to make peace with this past year. And so um, I put some of these reflection questions up here that you can look at. Holy smokes, that got really small in a lot of words there. But um, that first one, for instance, like what were the most significant things in your life this year and, and how, how did they shape you? What was difficult in your life this year and, and why? How have you been able, and here's the key, how have you been able to see and receive God's faithfulness? So you can kind of read through some of those, and if you want those, I can send those to you as well. But I want to encourage you this morning with this. The band's going to come up and play. And as they come up and, 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 and they play, I want, I want to encourage you. This is, you got two days left in 2018. And some of us are so stuck in the past that we're not going to move forward in what God has for us in 2019. And I just, I really feel strongly and, and want you guys to hear this. I believe that God wants to do something big in this next year, especially as we lay things down at the foot of the cross and purify our hearts. But it's gonna be a burning process. God's gotta burn some things. He's gotta burn some things. For new things to grow, it's gotta burn off. And so as you kind of approach this new year, man, continue to ask what it is, Father, that you're calling me to do. And I want you to rearrange and renew those things that God is calling you to do. Would you guys close your eyes for just a minute? And as you close your eyes, I just, I want to invite the prayer team. You guys can come on up if you want to. And, and uh, the prayer team is going to be standing up on both sides here. And if you just, if you need prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to go to them. But I just want to speak this over you today. And so Father, this morning Jesus here at nine o'clock service, 
We've got men and women and and kids and, and youth, Jesus, that you're calling into a purpose for 2019. And God, for so many of us in this room, it's gonna be easy to dwell on last year. The ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, we're gonna dwell on last year and we're gonna miss it. Six months in, eight months in, nine months in, we might start saying, you know what, I gotta let go, I gotta let go. But then by that time, it's too late because the new year's here again. God, I I, I wanna have an expectation that 2019 is a year of letting go. Letting go of the things that so easily entangle, entangle us. Letting go, God, of the sins that, Jesus, we've been running, maybe running rampant in our life. Letting go of our failures. Letting go of our past. Letting go of our fights that we've had with people that we love, with enemies that we struggle to love. God, may 2019 be a year of newness because purity is beginning to happen in our lives. I pray, Jesus, that as we leave this place today, that God, this year, 2018, would be left behind, and we would run the race that you've called us to in Jesus for 2019. We love you, Father. We praise you. We want more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Will you guys stand up and let's just declare the promises of God are yes and amen in this place today. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.